0: Premier Talk, the English Premier League podcast for the fans. Hello and welcome back to the Premier Talk podcast. I'm one of two hosts, as always, Andrew Mallow. Alongside with me is Danny B, Danny Barbudo. Daniel, did you miss me, bro?
1: I did, but I had a great, great co-host for the for the week. So you know, what? it was it was
0: okay. I missed you a little bit. We'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I was enjoying the nice Portuguese weather, the nice Portuguese sun, uh, and taking it all in. So you know, it's a touchback to reality now. I'm back in Canada, uh, but you know, I I had to go. I went on a business trip. I had to go talk to the the Portuguese national team coach and tell him you know what's up before the important qualifying game against <laughs> Turkey. So. I had to talk, to, uh, I had to talk to some sense into Fernando Santos for the week. Well, at least
1: whatever you, whatever you said to him, it worked. it did yes. work. Big dub there on your end. On my end, not so much. Anyways, sorry for the little slight echo. We've got the new studio coming together. Good new podcast studio in the freshly renovated basement. Cannot wait to get started with this. Um, but yeah, it's coming together. It's coming together. Daniel, let's kick off with the starring lineup here. Starting lineup, kicking us off. We got the games of the week, as always. We got a FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. And then we got a very disappointing topic. Sad topic. We got disappointment in Italy after their loss to North Macedonia. And we will not be seeing them
0: in the 2022 World Cup. This is going to be... This is so weird because this is going to be an absolutely rough... You know, next 25 minutes or so for you to talk about. <laughs> and then for me, it just I just all smiles. You're flying. I'm, I'm buzzing right now after that win. Yeah, it was uh yesterday was not a fun day, I'll tell you that. It was not at all.
1: Anyways, kicking us off, let's go back to a positive note. We got the games of the week in the Premier League. We recorded last time with special guest Anthony Flocetti, shouting him out. Thank you again for coming on the on the on the podcast. We left us off with Arsenal going to play Liverpool later that day. And we're going to kick, this up, kick us off with that. That's the first game of the week. Arsenal-Liverpool. Anthony's prediction was 2-1 Arsenal with goals coming from Martinelli and I believe Odegaard. And then he said that uh, Jota always ruins Arsenal. And he said that he was going to score one goal. Jota did end up scoring one goal in the 54th minute. Very poor angle. Ramsdale should have had it covered. Realistically, like it was not good at all. But then again, it was a nice shot from Jota. He kicked up the scoring in the 54th, and then Firmino doubled the lead in eight minutes later. A really nice def- deflection past Ramsdale. And realistically, I thought Arsenal had was going to come out and actually get a point from this game because they came through in good form. They played really well throughout the entire game. But it just shows like the strength and the depth of this Liverpool squad because although Arsenal had a sick game, Liverpool still came out with the three points. And that's the difference between a team... Like Arsenal, that's going to be sitting in fourth and trying to make Champions League in a team like Liverpool who's competing for the title. It's just It just shows the quality of the two teams. After this 2-0 Liverpool win, the title, the title race, now just one point, Liverpool face City twice in six days. The first game is April 10th for the league, which I think is bigger than the second game. The second game is April 16th for the semifinals of the FA Cup. Both of those games are going to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like this Liverpool squad is insane. That Manchester City squad is even better. But we'll see who comes out in these next two games. We got Thursday, March 17th, Everton versus Newcastle. This was a wild one all over the place. It was a one-nothing Everton. Everton's been shocking as of late. Look like they're going to get relegated. The first big side to get relegated in forever. However, they got a positive result in this one, one nothing. The goal came in the 99th minute. <laughs> Wild game. Realistically, Newcastle had the chance in this one. But the game changed, and it changed in a really weird way. In the second half, a protester came onto the field and chained himself. He zip-tied himself to the post held around his neck. It was, cre- it was a really weird sight. Like the, the game had to be stopped because... He was obviously impeding and it wasn't just an easy removal either because he was chained around his neck. They had to be careful. They had to go grab, I think they grabbed wire cutters to cut him off from the post. And then he had to be escorted off the field. And it lasted about 15 minutes. It wasn't something that was quick because it's not just like a regular post protester. He was protesting something about oil. Anyways, I don't want to get into the political side of it, but. That's the most, protesting for a reason.
0: That's the most attention our, our Everton's gotten all season. <laughs> it, was, it was that little 15-minute. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. And they tried
1: as little, you know, the broadcast team did a good job trying to show it as little as possible, like they do usually whenever there's people that try to give themselves attention on the field. But, look, it's protests and there's been protests going on all over the world right now, especially with, that, with stuff that's happening across seas in, in Ukraine and in Russia. This is for a different reason. This was UK-based protesting. And look, I'm not going to be one to, to say, don't let your voice heard. Probably not the greatest way to do it though. Um, not long after play restarted. Melo, I don't know if you saw this, this tackle on Alan. He got sent off for this tackle. Okay. St. Maximin was in the middle of the field running counter, starting a counter attack and Alan from behind went and tripped him up. Yellow card, simple, easy. Alan's like, okay, I'm going to stop this counterattack. He didn't have any, he had like maybe a couple fouls against him in the game. He, had, he wasn't sitting on a card or anything. He tripped him up. He, the ref, he knew he was going to yell. He walked away. VAR intervened and they determined that this was like a malicious tackle from Alan. Something ridiculous, like intent to injure or something. And they gave him a straight red. And I could not believe my eyes. I was watching this game. Because the game went so late because of the delay that happened in the second half. I think there was like plus 20 minutes of out of time or something ridiculous. Um, I was watching this game and I could not believe that VAR had intervened on this tackle. I could not even, I couldn't oh, believe it. At right was-
0: this point, like the, the EPL refs are turning into the NBA refs, like just soft referees soft. making stupid, ridiculous calls. Uh, and it always leaves us, the fans, just scratching our heads and wondering what the hell's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> what is it yeah. that we see that uh, they're not seeing and vice versa? So, I don't know. It's, it's so ridiculous. Anyways, after that,
1: then Everton was down to 10 men. And this one was like, okay, Newcastle's going to start pressing. And they did. They had their chances to, to win this game late. But in the 90-90 minutes, he got Alex Wolby. He's breaking the deadlock. A fantastic backheel from Dominic Cavalier. He slots the ball into the back of the net you got Frankie Lampard going absolutely nuts on the sidelines in the 99th minute game ended like that one of the Everton with 10 men. It was the scenes. Like it was just like, you know when it like like stops and you hear the crowd roaring and they're going nuts. It was that home in Everton. It was just the loudest thing ever. Goodison Park is just fantastic. I love it for this. The fans are crazy and they were going absolutely stupid. Their team's been in shambles over the last like month and a half, two months. So to see this was just crazy. And then we got an even better game. The best game of the week, saving it for last. We got Wolves-Leeds. Leeds won this one 3-2 after Wolves was up 2-0. Wolves did come out strong first half. He got goals coming from Johnny in the 26th after a cutback and Trincao just before halftime, which is also another cutback, but it was a cutback that was way outside the box. He rifled this one into the bottom corner. A lovely shot from him. The start of the second half, everything's good in Wolves. However, Jimenez gets second yellow, after a clash with the Meselier and he ended up getting injured on the play, he had to get pulled off. And from there on, the whole game changed. It changed completely. 10 minutes later, Jack Harrison, he kicked off come back in the 63rd. Ball was scrambling in the box. He finally potted it in. And three minutes later, Rodrigo tied the game at twos. So in the 60, 62nd minute, it was 2-0 goals. In the 66th minute, it was 2-2. Two two. This game was nuts for those of you that didn't watch this game. Just go watch the highlights. There's like a 15 minute video on the highlights with commentary because the commentary was, was the best commentary I've ever heard in the game. The commentators were going absolutely nuts. I forgot what the guy's a very, very popular. Uh, English commentary. I'm gonna get hated for this because he's he's also the FIFA commentator. I forget his name though. What's a FIFA commentator's name?
0: Martin is it Martin Tyler? Yeah, Martin Tyler.
1: That's who was... That's who was uh, Alan Smith
0: oh. was another one. I think it was Martin Tyler or Alan Smith. It was one
1: of the two. And they were with somebody I've never heard before. But his commentary is amazing. and He has the greatest voice ever. And he made this game just the most exciting thing ever because it was back and forth the whole game. Even though Wolves were down to 10 men, they still proceeded to attack and go forward. And they had their chances to send this game 3-2 in their way. But you got Luke Ailing, the fullback... Half-ball in the 91st minute, just rifling it through Jose saw, rifled it through his legs. And the crowd went absolutely nuts. The commentators are going nuts. The crowd was going nuts. You got Jesse Marsh on the sideline, the new Leeds coach. He was going nuts. Everybody was going nuts. The bench came on the field. It was ridiculous. Leeds this really needed this, yeah. They did. And they really this game was them. ridiculous, too. It was just as good as the late – it was late drama in both these games. And I, late drama in the premise is the greatest thing ever i love it anyways that's too much talking from me sorry for the long monologue but again just a fantastic game and for those of you that did not watch this game go watch the highlights because it is one that you will remember for a long time
0: yeah jesse marsh is doing well Uh, you know Mm -hmm. he's adjusted well uh leads maybe they need some new a new philosophy there uh some new a new direction and so far so good for Jesse Marsh Mm -hmm. winning, winning in this fashion. Mm -hmm. Just like you said there, the reaction from the crowd the reaction from himself and Mm -hmm. uh, just the commentary, you see how badly Leeds needed a win, how badly they needed things to turn around because they're, they're just above the relegation uh, spots there. So Mm -hmm. this is massive for them. Yeah. And one thing I do want to say about Jesse Marsh, he came into this
1: squad and people were like, Oh, he's not English. He's, 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 Amer- a North, he's American. He's a North American guy. And people are like, what's he going to do for this sport? Obviously, it's a European sport. It always has been. It just like they don't want guys from outside of Europe coming in. And if they do, they better be world renowned and they better be somebody that everyone knows. However, this guy was American. So coming in, he already had people talking. And I can't lie to you, he's done a good job. It's funny, though, hearing him speak in like even like the thing, like, he looks like he's a European or uh, he's a European dude, but he's not. He just speaks. Like an American, and it's I don't know. I feel like he gets too much hate for it because like Americans are like even people outside of America, like oh, he's American, but whatever. He's a coach, he's a manager, he knows what he's doing. He came into this side, and now that was this was his second one. I believe his first one was against Norwich, and again, it was late, another late win.
0: But hey, three points to three points, and a comeback victory is even more. So Daniel, let's get into the good stuff. Because you know, the the Premier League games were the games league are fantastic, but there were some amazing, amazing uh, World Cup fixtures, World Cup qualifying fixtures taking place. We're not going to go through every single one here. Um, South America, obviously, Brazil doing what they do best, just rolling over Chile. Uruguay qualified as well. Ecuador qualified as well uh, with, with their, with their uh, respective results. But, Daniel, I want to get into a little bit more local. Um, Portugal took on Turkey. And Portugal- I, I
1: want to I call that local. <laughs> For me, it's <laughs> local.
0: For me, for it's you, local.
1: well, you were basically there while this game was going on. What were you? You did the day you came back to go on, or two days after? Two days after.
0: Two days after. Two days after you came back. But otherwise. I had a good conversation with Fernando Santos, and he he oh, was ready okay. for this one because he's been in shambles. Everyone yeah. knows how I feel about this guy. I, I've had many, many tiresome. Conversations about this this coach and uh, just an old style, old fashioned coach that doesn't want to change his ways, has preference for certain players that should, you know, have no business being in the squad, mm-hmm. uh, let alone starting in the squad, like Montini Montini's time's done, in my opinion. Um, guys like that, guys like uh, Willem Carvalho shouldn't even be there. He calls up guys like Sergio Oliveira for one, for one uh, call up, doesn't call him the next. It's just weird, weird call ups. Um, How do you feel about Danilo Pereira? He did a fantastic job yesterday as a uh, as a makeshift center back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he's. Portugal
0: funny. coming to this game. I was going to mention this. They had some notable absences, the likes of, Khanat uh, Sanchez, Kubenevj, uh, Kuben, uh, uh, Pep out with COVID, Joel Cancelo out through suspension, Nelson Smith out through um, uh, injury. They're, they're just really depleted right now. And mm-hmm. going into this game, I was not comfortable. I was not uh, sitting there knowing that Portugal would go through with hundred percent certainty because it's a one-game uh winner-go home type of thing when you go through to the next round to the finals. Um and f- you know we started very well. We started very well. I wasn't very impressed with the lineup, the initial lineup. We had a young mm-hmm. goalkeeper making his debut for the national team in a competitive game in Dio Costa. Um he, he didn't really see much throughout this game, had a couple couple catches, easy catches, but he, he's got an unbeaten record in the league. Liga Noj. Uh, he has yet to lose a game. He's got hmm. ten clean sheets. Because um, so I thought, sorry, to fade off. I thought they would have started Jose Sa because he's been great that's, this year. I thought uh, Jessa as well would be the number one guy there because he's been fantastic in the Prem, uh, mm-hmm. especially with Hui uh, Patricio being terrible this year. For what World. happened? What like what happened to him? Man, I, I, I don't know, man. I think he's just fallen off heavy. Um, that's why he left the Wolves. Wanted a new start in Rome uh, with uh, Roma, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's been poor. He's been poor, letting a lot of easy goals go in. I remember looking back to the Euro Cup, uh, Belgium. The goal from Thorgan Hazard. He was just set wrong, and he let in a chicken goal. Um, mm-hmm. But but you know, looking back to this game, Portugal started very well. Otavio, as much as I don't like him because he's a portista, uh, he did fantastic at home in his in his home stadium in the the Dragão. Um, and, uh, he was just, he was what Portugal needed because I feel like they've been lacking that energy, that, that pressing energy. And he was just very gritty and winning a lot of balls and challenging for a lot of balls. And then he found himself in the right place to, you know, clean up the mess for the first goal. And he assisted the second goal to Jota, a lovely little chip, uh, over the, over the top ball to Jota backpost and a fantastic thumping header back post. a lot of precision and power on that from Jota. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Turkey, they came back. Burak Yilmaz, just poor defending just uh, easy uh, through ball through the defenders inside the 18 yard box and he just tapped it in no chance for the keeper really and that's when my heart sank because I know how Portugal uh, plays in these games with immense pressure and they don't usually fare well they choke a lot of the time uh, Mm. and uh, no I wasn't just I wasn't confident and I thought Turkey would come back and Portugal had a had a chance chance, to. Portugal had a chance to go and make it three one and Jota missed or three nothing. This was before the the Turkey the Turkey goal, but uh, Jota just missed an empty net. The goalie came off his line. There's just a lot of missed chances in this game that were like, oh, this is gonna come back to bite us in the And, then yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and uh, there was a penalty shot that got called. I think it was the most ridiculous penalty shot called. Man, um, Josef Font, our center half from Lille, he stuck on his foot, and then Elmas, their 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 forward, their their striker, had went studs up on our guy, but he went down and rolled around like a little baby. So he got the the penalty called on Var. I thought it was ridiculous. I don't like, which again? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was. I it's a poor rap for that kind of stuff. I hate it. it, it. it. it just it just it.
0: P- it just pissed me off because he's the one that went studs up, but he had this stupid baby reaction on the floor, rolling like a little baby, and. uh it earned them a penalty shot. And, you know, the ball never lies. And Yilmaz sky the pen. Uh, and then Portugal oh, made some God. subs. And Mateo Nunes came on and he scored. Um, so it was fantastic. It was a fantastic win. And all I got to say is Viva Portugal, baby. Viva of course, Portugal. he has a flag.
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now we take on... I'm not. Do you want to get into it? I'll no, no we're not going to get to that. We're we'll not going we'll for a little bit.
1: But uh, okay, you, you can say who they who. Everyone thought they would go on to advance Italy. You know, it'd be a great game, but instead they're playing Macedonia, and nobody's fault but Italy's.
0: Anyways, just just some notable stats here for the Portugal game: eight shots on target, sixty percent possession. So Portugal, you know, they showed their dominance there. Um, and, and I know what pisses me off most about this game is that it should never happen. Portugal should never been here. Mm-hmm. This goes back to. Months and months ago to Ronaldo's goal that crossed the line, there was no VAR in that game. I don't know why it wasn't in that game. Uh, and goal line technology, yeah, did we forget about that? We threw it out the window, yeah, I know. And uh, they, they cleared it out from their own goal, and the replay showed that the ball clearly passed and it would have given Portugal the advantage. Um, but uh, you know, and we shouldn't have even been here, but uh, here we are, and we took care of business. Wasn't the, the best way of taking care of business, but mm-hmm. we did it. Uh, and I look forward to next game with João Cancelo coming back um, and, you know, hopefully could continue to play well with the absence of some key guys like Neves and Ruben like I already said, and also Ronaldo Sanchez, which is a key player uh, in our team. So um, just, just well, well done uh, from the Portuguese national team and holding on.
1: Now we're going to move on to something actually local. We got Canada versus Costa Rica.
0: Oh, Canada. Oh, baby.
1: I can't stand that guy. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Oh, God. Anyways, Canada coming into this game undefeated in CONCACAF qualifying. They needed a win. The three points would see them into the World Cup in Qatar. A tie and a Mexico... No, a tie and Panama and Honduras drawing, I believe, was what would send them through. And then a loss... And Panama drawing drawing Honduras and Mexico winning against the States with them through. Anyways, a whole bunch of stuff needed to happen in order for Canada to get through. Or they could have just won and that's
0: Win it. and you're in. Yeah, win
1: and win you're in. in. It's that simple. Anyways, Mark Anthony Kay. he decides that this, isn't, this is a great game that he should go get a, re, a red card in. His first tackle, his first, yellow, his first yellow, his first yellow easily could have been a red in my opinion. Easily. Yeah, you know, Studs so. up into, into a defenseless uh, player, and it was late. And for me, those two things qualify as a red card. It shouldn't be a red card. VAR went and looked at it. They deemed that the yellow that was originally given was a fine, fine result. I think it should have been sent off right then and there. Anyways, that happened in the 15th minute. Knowing he's already on a yellow, he goes really shoulder good. to shoulder and gives him a little shoulder pump as he's walking by a Costa Rican player. Get sent off for a second yellow, just like like no awareness of what's going on. Not knowing, knowing that you're already on a on a yellow card. You need one little stupid or silly challenge. It's gonna get you sent off.
0: It, it, and was, it comes it, yeah.
1: off the ball, not even nowhere near the ball. It comes. That's yeah, you it got, got challenge.
0: Way. You got challenged. He went down, and then he didn't get the foul. And then uh, he gets back up. He walks over to that danger area off ball, and the ball's completely on the other side of the field. He's talking to the guy that that tackled to him, and then tackled him and um essentially what happened was he went in and he gave him a shoulder it wasn't a malicious malicious shoulder but it was definitely enough to get him a yellow and it's just he wasn't thinking because the the costa rican player was definitely looking for it and embellished it a little mm-hmm. bit and made, it, oh, he made, embellished it, so made it made it made it way worse than what it when it actually was mm-hmm. uh, but for mark anthony k you let down your team and you you put them in a difficult difficult spot where uh for the next 15 minutes they struggled. They really did struggle the mm-hmm. rest of that first half. And uh they had no possession, no uh no quality really going forward. It, mm-hmm. Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren were so isolated up there by themselves. They weren't very good yesterday um, either. No, they were they were very quiet. And it for me, what the the feeling of this game was that the players had really th- already thought the job was done. Mm-hmm. And the job's never over until it's over, until it's and, over, And for, for Canada yesterday, it looked like they sort of thought they were, you know, they thought they were all it, you know what I mean? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it didn't look like they had that same hunger they did against the United States at home in Hamilton. It didn't look like they had the same hunger against uh, Mexico and the Azteca. It's those, it's that little bit of energy that really drives the team forward. And I think in the second half, uh, after they had conceded, they conceded in the first half in the 45th off a header from Borges um, it was a nice hitter. it was a decent header, but it was kind of had really had no size there in the in the back mm-hmm. uh lacking lacking some size from the center halves. Alistair Johnson and Kamal Miller are all in their size guys um, but anyway, second half flash forward I thought they were really resilient in the second half. They looked like they, they were, were a team that had a man up they were controlling the the tempo of the game possession was re- was really um was really in their favor as well. And they had some chances now. They squandered some some chances in front of goalie. Shtaki had a cross net shot he missed. I thought he could have done a little bit better and hit the target. Um, Buchanan had a header that he should have probably buried. Probably he, jumped finished, off his, yeah. he jumped off of his feet instead of staying planted and just headering and letting the ball come to his head. Um, mm-hmm. I think he could have finished that. And then he just missed a, the second chance as well. There was a so, post so of
1: Jonathan David.
0: Yeah, that, that would have probably been called back for a handball because he did kind of flick it with his arm. Did a he little flick bit. it? Yeah. Yeah. So... They, they had their chances, though. They had their chances, and they could have easily tied, and a tie would have been enough. But it goes back mm-hmm. to the first half, losing your head, getting getting immersed too much, in, in getting lost in that environment of 35,000 Costa Rican fans because it was a pretty, it was pretty a big stadium. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, heated environment. And uh, he just lost his head and lost his cool. And uh, I'm sure he's probably a little bit regretful after doing what he did.
1: The only good thing, I mean, the positive you can take away from this game, other than the fact that they played really well in the second half, is that Canada now get to play at home at BMO Field versus Jamaica, and a tie qualifies them from the world for the World Cup for the first time in 36 years.
0: First time in our lifetime, then, and I know a lot of people in life. our lifetime.
1: And I know people that are going to be at this game is right around the corner from well, not right around the corner from my house; it's about half an hour from my house, BMO Field, and i sadly did not get tickets for it because they sold out almost instantly so ridiculous um, they're so expensive too man oh like so expensive they're like 100 two... bucks for a nosebleed come on no yeah it was like anywhere in the middle of the field you're looking from like anywhere from like 190 to like 240 so ridiculous So ridiculous. which is ridiculous i know i went to that game against panama when Davies had a master class and those tickets i was sitting like the best seats in the house and we were paid like i think it was like 60 dollars so, like, obviously, you got the charge. Obviously, they knew that there was a possibility that this would be the game that would send them to the World Cup. And it just so happened that this is going to be the game that hopefully qualifies them. They just need a tie. That is all they need. They don't need anything else. A tie sends them to the World Cup. They're obviously going to go out there for the win. I hope they do because then they maintain first in the group to beat out Mexico and the States. And Canada, we can easily see them playing this year in November against quality quality European sides and South American sides. And I don't know how they're gonna fit it there, but then again, the big thing is just making it there. That's more of an accomplishment than anything else.
0: Yeah, Dino, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, for for all the Canadian Italians, they have something to look to look forward to still so if Canada makes it because we all know Georgie and out. Uh, so Hey, and look at on the bright side for all the MLS fans out there. If uh, Insigne is not making the national team. Ins- it, Insigne? <laughs> Insigne is not uh, going to be going to the World Cup along along with his Italian counterparts, his buddies. He's going to be able to play for Toronto FC in the playoffs. So I look yeah, at it like that as positive. So, anyways. anyways,
1: we're going to move on to this final segment that is going to be a very quick segment because I do not want to talk about this for very long. Disappointment in Italy. Italy do not qualify for the second World Cup in a row. And this time, they're doing it, nobody else's fault but their own, It's North Macedonia, a team that you do not expect to be beating the previous Euro Cup winners. Anyways, we're going we're gonna to get on to this game quickly. We got Italy. The game was 0-0 the entire, entire game. You had likes of Berardi, who did have a good game. I can't lie to you. He's probably the best player on the field for Italy. Missing an open net that was passed to him by the goalkeeper. And then he decided to pass it back to the goalkeeper after he was awarded a goal on a silver platter.
0: On top of that, That he
1: missed a decent breakaway. It it was on his weak foot. But then again, you're a professional footballer. You should be scoring on your weak foot no matter where you are, especially if you're on a breakaway. And then... All these missed chances, 16 corner kicks, 32 total shots. Came back to bite them as a man named Tran. I don't even want to know. Tran. Trenzkowski. I believe he plays for Sheriff, who we've seen the likes of them in the Champions League this year. And they wanted to beat Madrid. Anyways, he scored an absolute rocket in the 92nd minute. And they went absolutely nuts. The coach went nuts. The players ran on the field to celebrate with everybody in the kitchen sink. And even, I was watching this game in Italian and the Italian commentators translating it to English said, oh no, the unbelievable has just become possible. And What a line, eh? What a line. I always, and in Italian too, it sounds a thousand times better than it does in English. (laughs) But I like, speechless. I was sitting here with seven Italians, seven other Italians, friends of mine. And we sitting here and I don't think anyone spoke for like three minutes. We were just saying that the first thing came <laughs> from my friends was this is rigged because it was so unreal that we had lost this game after we dominated. A little bit of stats: we had sixty-five percent possession, we had a two point seven eight expected goals, and they had 0.17, 0.17 expected goals. We had thirty-two shots, like I mentioned, sixteen corners. They had zero. It was just like we controlled it. We had very little attacking prowess because Immobile played absolutely shocking. We had the, no Chiesa yesterday. Our midfield was like good at best. And then when it was 0-0, I didn't like that we're taking off the likes of Barella to Sabon Tonali as a more defensive infielder. You didn't get Chiellini or Bonucci starting. And like, okay, Bastoni is a fantastic centre-back. I think he's going to be, he's a great youngster, he's a great young talent. I think he's going good eventually. Mancini was playing. I don't think he should have been playing. Although Chiellini can't last a whole 90 minutes anymore, why not start with Chiellini and then sub him in based on how the game's going? I'm not going to put this all on Mancini because he led us to that Euro Cup victory. But this is disappointing, to say the least. It is. You're expecting your team to be in the World Cup, especially after not making it to the last one, and our team has gotten so much better since that last world cup qualifying and you're expecting the reigning euro champions to be in the world cup and here's another little problem that i don't necessarily have but i know a lot of people do and i think this is just coming into fruition now because italy's not in the world cup there's teams that have already qualified such as not slandering these teams in any way such as the likes of iran saudi arabia japan south korea although they're from they have their own world Cup qualifying. People believe that the world cup should be the best 32 teams in the world. And although I believe that to be true, and Italy is definitely among these teams that should be in it. Upsets and these Cinderella stories are what make football. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. The likes of Iceland. When was that four years ago when yeah. they went on their, their fantastic run, they have a population of like 40,000 people and you got them heading to the semis of the euros, which are just crazy. And I think that's what that's a that's a beautiful game that we play, where the upset stories is fantastic, and even an upset story like North Macedonia going on, and now they go on to play Portugal on the 29th. It's another Cinderella story waiting to happen. I don't think it will because I think Portugal's side will be too strong for this Macedonia side. But then again, I said the exact same thing for Italy, and look what that turned out. So,
0: I know that's where the Cinderella story ends. It's going to end in Porto at the Estádio Dragão, um, and you know my boy. Jean-Felix is going to come on and just wreak havoc on the Macedonians. So, you know, it, it was fun while it lasted is the saying. And that's what a lot of Macedonians are going to say after that game. Because Portugal just can't let it slip, man. They can't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Especially they being there.
1: Ronaldo's last World Cup. I yeah. think they do it for him more than they do it for anyone else.
0: I mean, not even for that. Just the fact that, like, if you lose to Albania, or you lose to Albania, you lose to Macedonia, North Macedonia uh, at home, that's never ever qualified, and is everyone knows they're inferior and they don't have the quality that you have if you if you fail at that task like that's embarrassing it's an embarrassment and uh mm-hmm. uh you know for all those Portuguese people in Toronto talking crap, <laughs> saying italians uh, you know say you know suck it to the italians uh just don't uh, uh don't uh don't speak too soon because you never know what can happen, and that's yep. it's a one game type of thing and italy I, I wasn't feeling too confident in italy for this game I, I wasn't expecting them to lose but i thought they would have a tough time because mm-hmm. uh they've struggled to score one goal in their last three competitive uh, national team games um and also the records it's a loss uh, a win they won against uh was it spain or belgium maybe belgium
1: and spain it's in the in the uh what's that nation's league yeah, and then, they, and
0: then they and then they tie twice and lost another one. So they haven't mm-hmm. they haven't been doing good recently. And uh, since the Euro, they've they've really dropped and tapered off a bit. So I, I wasn't expecting much from Italy. I was I was expecting them to win for sure, but not like a super convincing win. And that's that's the problem with these these one leg games. Uh, if it's not your day, it's not your day, and it, okay, uh, yep. it could be a costly costly uh consequence uh if if you're not on your money so that's that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of these new uh qualification games so mm-hmm. it has a lot of excitement and uh uncertainty
1: and one quick stat i want to leave us all and one off with which is another awful italian stat the last world cup knockout round game was the 2006 world cup finals that we went on to win and it was the last knockout Believe,
0: but... and that's why i want to leave that rp in the chat rp in the right. chat Literally. dino that about wraps it up for this very melancholy episode of parent talk um for me it's just you know i see i see bright horizons ahead you see Porco. you're just ju-
1: jubilation all over the place and i'm just uh, sitting here like a
0: and uh depressed <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited i'm looking forward to it uh, we got to make this World Cup because if we do and when we do, um, we're going to have a nice, solid squad. We're going to get all of those guys back. They'll be healthy in time for that. Um, mm-hmm. And Portugal looks like a force to be reckoned with uh, come that time if they have those players uh, at their disposal, um, some of the world's best and some of the Premier League's best, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through and throughout their lineup. So I- I'm excited, Daniel, and um, I'm looking forward to portugal north macedonia stadio dragão uh, i believe on the 29th 29th, yep. 29th of february of march uh, so march it's in four days four days so i'm gonna be definitely tuning into that one and uh, it's gonna be a nail biter uh, mm-hmm. so well so, yeah
1: anyways as always guys thank you so much for listening make sure to check us out at premier talk official on instagram or on youtube Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you want to listen. We're there
0: and we appreciate it as always. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.